You're listening to The Melting Podcast, a writing variety show featuring a little of everything from everyone, everywhere. Hey, lexiconosaurs and word chefs, welcome to episode 77 of The Melting Podcast. Who are you? Don't you know by now? No, but, well, okay, yes, I know. Forget that I said no earlier, I know, but they might not. Well, I'm the best. The best what? Yes. Uh, oh. <laughs> okay, that's the best yes. I am your head chef, A.F. Grappen. I'm your grill mistress, Aaron Kasmark. Apparently also known as the best yes. Yeah, so I'm awesome. Okay. Um, <laughs> what do we have for our listeners right now? Aaron? Content. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I was waiting for you to just say yes and say that it was the best yes. You want to hear the best yes? Yes. 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 Oh, you pick one. No, I don't want to pick any. Seriously, they can pick whichever one is the best yes because I can do all of them. No. I can do all of the best yeses. No, I'm I'm apparently the best no right now. (laughs) Yes, no. No. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, you're all business and I'm the fun one. So I'm yes and you're no. It makes sense. Speaking of business. Business, business, business. The business of writing and doing things and being creative and literary and such. So this podcast. This podcast. (laughs) Right. This is a podcast. We're doing a thing. And I don't know why you're still listening to us, but you're not going to have to listen to us for long because this is a chef's table episode. Mm -hmm. What is the chef's table, Erin? This is recorded content from conventions and things like that that we go to. It can be panels. It can be workshops. Mm -hmm. All that sort of thing. Presentations. Other people talking about what they do best. Mm-hmm. And we don't necessarily limit it to writing. We can get, we've can we gone into voice acting, editing, mm-hmm. audio, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's, it's, it's stuff that does tie into creativity and writerliness and other words I might start making up soon. Which Well, you go, are a writer. Yeah. Go with my creative writer-tivity. C-R-E-A-T-I. <laughs> no. Stop. Okay. Quit while you're ahead. This, this, this one is a workshop from Balticon 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was How to Improve Your Writing was the title of it. Um, it was, uh, oh gosh, I don't remember the title of it now, <laughs> but it was uh, Improving Your Readings. Improving Your Readings. Reading your own work if you're right. at um, like a book signing or something and mm-hmm. they've asked you to read a chapter, read right. an excerpt. Right. So. How to Improve Your Readings. Something like that. Yeah. I, I I was the moderator, so it, yeah. I should know this. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> but been, it's been almost a year. Say, it's been almost a year <laughs> since it happened. But, but yeah, we said so we have this recording for you from Balticon 2018. Enjoy the chef's table. Bon appetit. Speak for anyone else. I will not ask you to speak for anyone but you. <laughs> All right, thank you. Yeah, I can't see it. May I see it? No, I mean, I'm in charge of this thing. Ah, okay. Ten oh one, you're right on time. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Improving Your Readings. I am your moderator, Erin Kazmark, and I would like to go down and have everyone introduce themselves and tell why they're here. Uh, I'm Dave Robinson. I've narrated audiobooks and audio fiction for most of the audio fiction podcasts, certainly the quadfecta of escape artists, uh, also Drabblecast, Starship Sofa, Tales to Terrify, numerous others, uh, and also done book narration for Tantor Media. So, got some Ooh. background there. Ooh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> See, it's 
<laughs> I am Starla Hutchton. Um, I started in podcasting in 2009. Back when it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a hipster podcast. <laughs> yeah, back when it was cool. Um, but yeah, off and on uh, doing audio work since then. Um, but I have recently signed this year. Um, I've done some projects for ECX, and I just uh, signed on to work with Dan Audio out of LA. So. That's awesome! Yay. Holy crap! <laughs> Pretty excited. <laughs> <laughs> you go, girl. Uh, I'm Steve Wilson. Uh, I uh, have been podcasting since 2005. Oh, so wow! All right, then. <laughs> Was not. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. Uh, I was one of the early patio books authors, I guess, and um, since then I've had a podcast called Prometheus Radio Theater, and the theater's been dark for about five years now. No, <laughs> no. So it's black box theater. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. Yeah. We did win the Mark Town and Parsec Awards, which was cool. And, awesome. Um, so I haven't done any audio in about two years, but I've, I've done quite a bit. Awesome. I have never won a, par- a Parsec, but I've been oh. nominated three times. <laughs> Always the nominee, never the winner. My name is Valerie Michaels. I'm not a podcaster at all. Um, I got into this through theater arts, and when I approach a reading, I approach it as a performance art, and believe that uh, reading from the book is separate from performing from the book. So. Absolutely. I think that's why I was picked. <laughs> and I am here because uh, I got my start in theater. Performance is kind of my thing. Um, and I'm also the co-host of a podcast, and I do most of the narration and at least half of the voice acting. <laughs> so uh, so I that, that's my stake in the, in the game. Um, okay, so. Um, yes. Oh, well, you're not finished. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I, I wanted to start with an opening question, but if you have something to add first. No, I mean, are we, are we finishing with everyone else? Does everybody else want to introduce themselves? I would like to know who these yes, people yes. are and why they want to. <laughs> why do you want to hear us talk at you? All right. Well, wow. uh, I thought this was a workshop. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. I'm here for the workshop. Come on. What? Well, then who are you? And oh, I'm sorry. I, I have to check my name here. Um, I can be a com- I can be at Pam sometimes. My name is Lisa, and um, I love writing. I'm not published. I also love. Reading things and uh, people say I have a good voice. So um, I also like workshops. So those are more than one reason. But my name's Ted Weber. I have um, the first book of a Cyberpunk punk trilogy out. Um, that one right there. Yes. You and, really? Uh, you think? <laughs> and um, the second book is coming out September first, and I'm working on the third book, and I have. A couple of other books uh, that are, I have to find a home for, and I'm working on other <laughs> stuff. I'm here because um, to improve my reading voice. Awesome, awesome. Oh, well, I, I, I can always ask, improve my voice. I guess I'm also here for that too. If yeah. possible. Let me ask: always. To what end? Yeah. Why do you want to improve your reading voice? Um, so that I have a better reading voice. You to do what? To, 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 to do readings and interviews. So this well, is this is for live readings at cons and so on. Yeah, I, okay. I've done a couple of radio interviews, and okay. so that you know, yeah. it comes in handy to be able that, to have a good, a better voice. That environment is different than being yeah. in a studio reading into a mic for audio fiction. Yeah. So right. that's right. a different, a different focus. So that's right. good to know. My yeah, reason I'm, is because I like to read to my friends. 
So again, okay. live, live reading is live. not recorded. Oh, okay, yeah, that's true. It yes. is. Sorry, I didn't okay. mean to interrupt him. No, no, no. no. I, I did some sample reading um, for like, audio recording, but um, uh, I'm not at the point where I want to do an audio book, and if so, I'll have someone else who has a better voice do it. Plus, my main characters are female, so it'll be me? better. <laughs> I don't know. You just signed a contract. You might be a little busy. Just a bit. My publisher is pretty cheap. <laughs> okay, so to kick us off, I want to start. That's my wife, some... Terry. She's okay. here for moral support. Hi. Okay. I'm just checking. She's eye candy. <laughs> She's arm candy. She's my arm candy. So this is yes, like and only yours. A very high teacher to student ratio. Indeed. <laughs> Focus all of the attention. Right. <laughs> and probably the youngest person in the room doing the supervising. I don't know how that's going to no, go. It's gonna work you don't absolutely. You don't absolutely. You're not absolutely sure if you're the youngest person in the room, but you're guessing. No, I, I was doing a costume parade because I'm directing a Madagascar Junior, mm-hmm. and. Um, my assistant director was completely useless, so I put a twelve-year-old 12 year in charge of the games while I was doing a costume parade, yep. and she promised she would never talk in class again. <laughs> <laughs> but she did very well. So awesome! And people in charge, not a problem. <laughs> All right, so I do want to start with getting some expertise from everyone on our panel. Um, so when we're talking about live readings um, at cons for friends, whatever it ends up being, what is one of your biggest pet peeves that readers do? While they're reading their works, blow through it. Mm-hmm. To Pacing. Yeah. Stare too much at the page. <laughs> well, especially if people are, are nervous, like if they're not comfortable reading, they'll go really, really fast. And if, if you've ever watched like a middle school play, and you'll notice how they, they go through the lines and, you know, they, they Is this just get. Is personal experience? Yes. <laughs> I've been three. in them. <laughs> and I have children, yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, just learning to take a breath and be more comfortable. Hello. No, come on in. No, just no. yes. uh, learning to take a breath and really uh, concentrate on the words and getting out the emotionality of it rather than just like, you know, everything like that. Um, it's probably my You're not guess. reciting. You're, yeah, you're, yeah. Not, you're not reciting. You're trying to get people excited about the words that you're You're not sharing. like yourself, Sam. <laughs> well, and I think there's with with younger voice vocal performers. I think there's this aesthetic of I don't want to get in the way of the words. I want the words to be a pure thing, and they take it upon themselves to actually be as neutral as possible, so that the words carry carry the story. And the simple act of speaking aloud uh, as a human being speaking words is counter to that completely. You need to invest. And then that speaks to the pacing as well and the trying to get through it. But you also, you are the portal between the audience and the story. And you need to infuse that with as much of what you feel, at least, is the engagement, the interesting, the cool. You picked this to share with people for a reason. There must be something badass about this thing that you're sharing. That needs to come through. That needs to be, you need to leverage all of your skills, pacing, vocals, whatever, to make sure that that badassery is advanced forward through your presentation. Do you think maybe that people having that little bit of, oh, this is my creation, what if people don't, that little bit of timidness might inhibit that? Sure, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
and that's you know, get over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sound advice from Mr. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is especially if it's your work. I mean, there must be pride there as well. If if you if you are are confident enough to share it, then be confident enough that they will enjoy it. Uh, and if they don't. <laughs> Uh, then get they feedback. The no, no. Then get feedback. Ask them why, what didn't work, and then don't let that happen again. Okay. Make a mistake once. Yes. Once. I, I find myself sometimes worrying about um, uh, going over time, and then so speaking too fast. Rehearsals. Rehearse your piece. You know, if you've got a time frame, you know the piece you want to do, and you've got advanced time. Good heavens. Rehearse your work. Absolutely. That's another thing. That will boost your confidence hugely. The yes. cure yeah. for stage fright and nervousness is to know your stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Know your line. No, 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 but usually when I have these, I mark it up. I mark which words I want to put the emphasis on, which, oh. you know, like just as a performance art, um, if, you, if you say a word that people don't know what it means, the way you say it has to carry what, yeah, the it, context. Carry what it means. Um, and then it's big print and I can mark it up as opposed to reading from my book, which I can't. When I'm doing a piece for the first time, if it's narrative with a lot of dialogue and a lot of characters, I'll use Jim Dale's trick, which is get a pack of multicolored highlighters, mm -hmm. highlight the different voices mm -hmm. so that you remember you have that visual cue. That helps a lot. That's I don't awesome. do it anymore, but it was a really good getting started, getting into the flow of it. That's a great I, idea. I noticed you doing that at the couple of panels you were on, having it on your uh, your tablet. Oh, absolutely. And pumping so up the font. So yeah. that you're not reading at a 10-point type. And if you're reading in, from the Kindle app, I think you can highlight in different colors also. Yes, absolutely. I, I don't read oh, from cool. tablets because I don't trust technology. The battery only has to die on you once, or the app crashes on you once, and you're like, I have a printed copy right here. <laughs> the analog. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so but, then, uh, yeah, for, for my panelists, what was your biggest hurdle that you had to overcome when it came to doing your own readings and putting yourself out there like that? Um, well, for, for me, it was a matter of confidence, especially the first time that I did a reading because I'd never done it before. Like, I'd done, like, the podcast stuff, but reading behind a mic by yourself is completely different than reading in front of an audience. <laughs> and again, there's that whole blowing through it. So I always, in my head, have my mother saying, because she used to say this to me all the time when I was a kid and doing drama stuff, um, where's the fire? So in my head will always be my mother's voice. <laughs> where's the fire? Um, so it reminds me to, to slow down and, and take that breath and to just trust the material that I have in front of me. Mm -hmm. For me, I didn't start with reading fictional works. I started with giving science talks because um, oh. I'm a scientist and my advisor said people who don't like giving science talks should be made to give talks until they're comfortable giving talks mm -hmm. and I remember the first couple times I did it it was like my throat closed up shaking you know like can people hear me but um, and it's because with science they can ask you questions that you don't know the answer to mm -hmm. um, so when I do stuff like this like no one's going to interrupt me with a question I don't know the answer to. I have the script. I can rehearse 100%. And it's <laughs> yeah. it's so much easier to be confident in that. But I did have several years of doing science talks before I got to do the 
just <laughs> <laughs> the fun fiction. He started stuff. in hard mode. Yeah. Like, yeah, really. really. Sometimes the questions are really hard. Right, and then you know it came to a point with becoming comfortable with. Let me look into that, and I'll get back to you. And you don't need to have all the answers 100%. Because even in panels, people ask you questions. You're like, let me write that down because that's a good question. <laughs> and Or I don't know, and let me write yeah. that down. It's a good let question. me refer you to one of the other panelists. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you that know. one's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stealing that one. That's where it's going to be the moderator. <laughs> <laughs> Great question from Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it was um, disabusing myself of the notion that having read the story, I was ready to then narrate the story. Uh, there was a lot more preparation uh, that needs to go into that. Because as you, if you just, you read the story, you're familiar with the story, you understand the basic flow and beats, but being at the mic reading a lengthy passage, there are going to be discrete points, discrete beats of intent and emotional tone. And if you don't prepare those, mark up your scripts, great, that's awesome. Um, uh, if you don't indicate to yourself what's coming up, then you can't foreshadow that vocally. Uh, if, if there's a, a, a dramatic moment coming up, then the paragraph before, if it supports it, should be quick pace, staccato, go, build, 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 and then pause. Drop the tone. Deliver the line. That kind of... <laughs> and there's the voice. Not all of us have the voice. Not every, you don't need the voice. I use, I use what I've got. But pacing, tempo, and delivery, regardless of whatever instrument you have to work it with, will dramatically enhance the appreciation of whatever passage you're doing. And embracing that pre-read prep was something I, I had to embrace before I got behind the mic again. I mean, going off of that, in my books, I switch point of view a lot. So when I uh, go to a reading, what I do is like I take this part from here, this part from here, this part from there, so that I create a cohesive story from a single point of view, and um, it allows me to get through. Like I don't just read a chapter, I stuff from the first three chapters so you get a little bit more of the action the intensity and the moments that the moments that matter so that, that's awesome so you tailor so, a piece so for i the reading. yeah i tailor so it directly for the reading book. no do you have multiple readings prepared um well for this i just did from book four but um i have stuff from all of my books okay um so you can call be called upon and, at any time and they're different they're different it. lengths and so you know, it's like if I have 10 minutes versus if I have 30 minutes. Um, and then I, I thread it together because we were at the same reading, right? I don't know, were we? I, I remember your voice. <laughs> Once you hear it, that kind of happens. But, um, but the other thing I do is I write a script for how I introduce the book and how I introduce the scene so that I don't forget here's how I want the scene to introduce. And then when I go from one scene to the next, I have the uh, short break where I thread, this is how the scene relates to this. And then I can incorporate things like the dedication of the book or the cover of the book and the details that I take pride in, essentially. So That's awesome. Because that ensures everybody's getting the hot stuff you're reading. It's yeah. all, all steak and no, 
Yeah, so, um, so it, and, and as part of prep, and the other thing too is if you have a line here and it's in the middle of all this exposition, it's like, I'll take this, I'll put it here. So I do some bit of rearrangement so that as a vocal performance it comes out and I take out all the exposition that only matters later in the book. So, yeah. Um, when you do that, do you find yourself being like, oh, I wish I'd edited the novel? <laughs> no, because the things I'm taking out are things that... Um, you just don't have context for yet? That they don't have context for yet. And like for my first book, I was going to the point of view of a schizophrenic character. I had to very heavily edit that so that it could be readable and you could get the action of what was going on and then explain later, like, you know... There's this whole hallucination sequence that I took out because I didn't want to confuse you. <laughs> well, yeah, I just I think one of the things that that's, we were talking about kind of hurdles when you're starting out, especially with a live audience. I I um, had done a, like you guys. I done theater. I'd studied in college, so I've been in front of audiences before. But when you're reading your work for the first time mm-hmm. to an audience, my big thing was, oh God, what if I bore them? Yeah. <laughs> what if they fall asleep? What if they snore? What if they get up and just get up and leave? What if they heckle? I mean, or what if there's only <laughs> one person in the audience or no people in the audience? And I've, and I've actually done yeah. that with one with one person. Um, mm-hmm. That was that was very strange. Um, the one guy sat there listening to me read, and and that was actually cool because there was a teenage girl standing in the doorway. Mm-hmm. And she kind of stuck her head in and stuck her head out. It was a cat play, and finally she came in and sat down. And she listened for a while, and then she got up and left, and I thought, okay, I lost her. And then she came back. It turned out she was with a soccer team that was staying in the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with Cap Clave. Had did not but heard me reading, and she said, I just like to listen to stories. I went to tell my friends where I was, and then I came back, and the next thing I know, she was downstairs signing up for cons. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's like the dream. It was great. I mean, I had an audience of basically one and a half. But yeah, <laughs> well, I think that boredom factor that that you just you you have to kind of get used to the idea that you're especially if you're at a con, even if you're at a bookstore and people are coming and sitting on, they want to listen. Right. People want to be entertained. So, but it takes a while to get used to we, that idea. When I was in grad school, we had a story reading group, and we would just bring in books and read them out to each other and. It's the same notion of people want to hear stories, and you get enraptured when you hear someone else reading. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of the things about this this whole kind of experience is that we've all been audience members at readings, and remember how you felt as an audience member. You wanted the story to be awesome. You were had already invested in the person who was doing the reading, and you're assuming this is going to be a delight. So you've already given them a lot of your trust. So understanding that as a reader and knowing that everybody in the audience is there going, go you, tell me a story. They want to hear. So, you know, I absolutely understand the, the, the fear of what if I bore them. And, you know, that's a legit concern to have, but also keep in mind, they, they won't be. I have a tough audience, though. Well, that's the other thing. I think that's where mine came from. Yeah. I, I'll sit next to other people, you know, we're sharing a reading, and I, I will drift during my, my cohorts. It's like I lost what they were talking about, and sure. I'm a tough audience. Yeah. Yeah. I'm afraid everybody's as tough as I am. Yeah. Is it because you get distracted, or is it because you're so focused on that you're up next? It's both. Yeah, it's a little both. I'm, I'm a little ADD, and I'm also, it, it's, yeah, um, it's, yeah I, I'm thinking about, okay, how am I going to do this? It's probably better if I've already read it. 
Well, and also, if you do find yourself drifting off during somebody else's readings, set a flag for yourself going, oh, crap, I just drifted off. Why did I drift off? If it's got anything to do with the reading... Then and what were they doing? What were they doing? That, what was it? Was, was it well, too much exposition? Was that, that's another thing that I was going to talk about. You know, making sure that you're picking the proper section to read from that's going to hook the audience. So you're you probably don't want. I, I mean, unless people are going in expecting, you know, like literary fiction that's very you know retrospective, or introspective, and stuff. You probably want to pick something because I think a lot of us here do like genre fiction so you know we're like mm-hmm. fantasy and sci-fi so you want to pick something that's going to speak not only speak to the story but be an exciting moment mm-hmm. yeah I was on a reading um, yesterday um, with two other panelists and the um, first reader was reading from the middle of her book and I found it harder to concentrate because I didn't have any context mm-hmm. sure and a third reader read a standalone short story and I was riveted the entire time because, you know, it was a complete arc. Mm-hmm. Well, and you think, you know, in writing a story, you know, you start with with a hook. There's, there's action, you know, it doesn't have to be, but there's usually something happening that calls for immediate engagement by the reader. Your reading should have that same thing. When I do, I don't do readings of my own work because I don't have a lot of it out there. But when I do, it's usually a gunshot, a sword strike, or a dragon descending down upon the group. That's the first line. And it's like, I, I got you for at least the next paragraph or two. <laughs> if I can't keep you that long, okay. But start with something that's like, I need to know the answer to what that sentence is you just gave me. And now you've got the hook for at least another couple of paragraphs. And if you can't hold them for that, that's your fault. Oh, well, I mean, we're talking about about selection, but again, going back to just the technique of reading itself, um, there's like you project your voice because if you're mumbling, it doesn't matter if you're mumbling into a microphone, microphone's not going to fix that. Mm -hmm. They can hear mumbling. That's an excellent point. And, and so, um, slowing, like again, slowing down and practice slowing down. I noticed that I, when I read, it's always faster than I rehearsed. And so, you know, I always have an extra scene at the end in case I've done the timing wrong. And so I always have more available than there is time for, just to be prepared. Um, but, yeah, it's one of those things like, why, why do I read so much slower at home? <laughs> and you don't have people staring at you yeah. like <laughs> it's like, oh, that sentence wasn't good. I should read the next one really fast. <laughs> okay, so we've done some talking about all of it. Does anybody have anything they would like to read and start the workshopping side of things? I have something. But yeah, please. go for it, please. <clears throat> so this is intimidating because I know get torn apart. Not necessarily. Think positive. <laughs> you might be really awesome, more so than you think. <laughs> Remember, we all want you so to So how, how long should I uh, read? Do we have one of those timers in this room? We do. We can do yeah. it. We can Ooh. do it. Five minutes? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Five? Oh, that's a long time. We will do three then. All right. <laughs> three? Three minutes. So I'm not going to give any intro. I'm just going to jump into this. This is not the beginning of the book, but... Gripping Whaley by the arms, two burly guards marched her down a brightly lit concrete hallway lined with steel doors. Special housing. Whaley's wrists and ankles were shackled, limiting her steps to inches. 
She carried a thin bedroll and a set of generic-looking toiletries and wore a bright orange shirt, pants, and slippers. Most of the other prisoners wore asparagus green, but she was special, they said. They halted in front of a door stenciled 1057. Your new home, the mail guard said. He had a dark goatee and shaved head with stubble on the sides that betrayed early hair loss. Never in her life had Whaley mentioned confinement in such a place, the high-security wing of the Federal Detention Center in downtown Philadelphia. Back to her birth city, where she and her sisters suffered years of abuse. Wouldn't it be funny if Feng was in this prison too, she thought? This place is an earthquake, the female guard said, her breath stinking of fried sausage. But wait till you get to ADX Florence. Lily wasn't sure where that was, but obviously it was bad. I'm innocent until proven guilty, the guards chuckled. I should shut up. Her lawyers told her not to talk to anyone because every word would be recorded and used against her. Baldy spoke into his wraparound mic. Unlock 1057, please. Lily heard a click, and the man opened the door. Her cell had the length and width of the cargo van interior. It had white concrete block walls, a narrow slip window, the concrete ledge of the brown plastic mat, and a stainless steel toilet sink unit. The door was solid steel, except for a small plexiglass window and metal flap at the bottom. It smelled like bleach. I'm not violent, she said. Why am I in solitary? All terrorists go to maximum security, Baldy said. It's the rules. The usher her inside the cell. I'm not a terrorist. Lunch will be delivered between 1100 and noon, fried sausage said. She turned away to face the door and pointed at the flap on the bottom. It will come through that slot. You have half an hour to eat and then slide the tray, plate, cup, and utensils back underneath. If you fail to do so, you will not receive your next meal. Do you understand? Cavo, mein Kleinlichführer. Lily didn't know much German, but some of the phrases stuck in her head. Mm. Fried sausage gripped her arm, the one that was shattered on the car accident, hard enough to choke off the circulation. Even though it was healed now, Lily winced. Don't you get sassy with me, the woman said. I will knock you into the next century. Do you understand me? Lily was pretty fit before the accident, a week now from three months in the hospital, and couldn't wriggle free even without the shackles. She embraced the calmness that had kept her sane since her capture. Yes. The woman let go. All right, then. Just remember who's in charge if you want to keep your teeth. Aldi unlocked and removed her shackles. After lunch, fried sausage said, returning to bureaucratic mode, you will finish your intake screening. You will review the admission and orientation handbook and complete the inmate acknowledgement forms. Then you will meet your case manager and get your ID card. Sounds fascinating. Can I have a pen and paper? That's really? three. Three minutes. That's three. Yep. All right. It didn't take. That's my upcoming book. I, I plan to never read from this book again. <laughs> but your pacing was really well done. Like, it wasn't fast at all. Hold it up so we can see what it is. You can pass it around. So yeah, in the near future, cyberpunk thriller set in Baltimore. And the second book, um, part of it is set in um, Philadelphia, but most of it's set in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Mm-hmm. So the, the other scene here is from Sao cool. Paulo. 
Cool. So initial thoughts. Um, I like the pacing. Um, so the the tone was like you had a nice rise and fall, but it kind of it was very sad and depressed kind of feeling. So I get the feeling that the protagonist is very depressed about her situation, <laughs> which which is okay. Um, when you're describing the, the dark goatee of the guard, it's like I kind of want that to feel more sinister when you oh, describe okay. it. So you know, or um, and when the female guard speaks, it's like I want her tone to have something slightly different because she's insulting this girl, and so I kind of want to hear that in the way you say it. Um, when she says, "I'm not a terrorist," is like. Is she indignant about it? Does she think she can actually win her case when she says it? Or is she kind of she mumbling under her breath? She should feel indignant. So, you know, it's like, so there, there are moments where when you're describing something that has a feeling it's different from the overall, oh, crap, I'm in prison, you can actually put that in there because um, you can put more fear into her. You can put... When you're and when you're describing the people, when you're describing the place, you can put more emphasis on, or you can, like change the pacing, change the staccato of it. Um, do you know what that means? Do people know oh, yeah. what staccato means? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Music people. But yeah, like you can put those kind of beats onto the words to just give that word some a feeling that's different. Well, I have no acting background or training at all. Yeah. So when it comes to um, reading different people's voices, that's something I need to learn, like how to. You um, don't need to do and voices well, and accents. You just yeah, that would be the like one thing I would suggest maybe practicing a little bit on. Just and you don't have to necessarily give them different accents. Um, just even dropping your pitch a little bit for the for Bali. <laughs> yeah. Using it for yeah. fried sausage. Yeah, and, and and giving it just a little bit more nasal for for the, for uh, fried sausage, yeah, or um, making it a little more snotty it's like for, for the protagonist. I'm yeah. not a terrorist. Yeah. Um, Use of pauses would be good also. A, a bit of a pause before each different voice, and, unless there, there's a hurry. So pauses between each different voice. Unless there, unless you want to really make it sound fast. And that gives your voice a little bit of time to recover between switching from one voice to another, right? So, like, when you've got, like, dialogue and then a dialogue tag and then more dialogue, so adding those pauses in will give more differentiation between the dialogue itself and the prose, the narration. That's actually a general point I wanted to bring out that you had touched on. Um, Adapting your readings from your book to a vocal, stripping out dialogue tags, where appropriate. Sometimes the dialogue tags are expository and they give right. more room narrative. But he said, she said, <laughs> if, you can get rid of that. You don't need it. If you, as following Charlotte's advice, if you give different voice to, to goatee and someone different for fried sausage, then <laughs> you don't need he said, she said, or, or evolved. Yeah. But, but really, fried sausage said was actually a, a wonderful smile bit oh, for yeah. me. So yeah, that, don't strip that everything out. But if it's yeah. if it's if it's not adding to the story, it doesn't need to be a part of your read. Okay. You don't need to be well, as you pointed out, you can adapt and edit your work for presentation. And is it good to um, include when you print out something for reading, mark where to put the pauses? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Whatever you need. Yeah. Yeah. You come up with your own uh, shorthand for what that is. Some people put a slash. Some people uh, uh, circle a word or whatever. You can come up with your own symbology that makes sense to you. Uh, uh, and then, yeah, 
Heck and yeah, then if you have it all marked up and you're practicing with it, you, you kind of have a feel for your symbols and can... And you mentioned you don't have any, any acting training. Yeah. It's a good idea if you have an opportunity to like take classes, take free workshops. Um, uh, there are voice Do acting. community theater, we need men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but specifically to get trained on on the the not to swallow words and techniques for like if you're reading in front of a mic, techniques for going above the mic, going below the mic to, to, to alter the sound of your voice. I actually do have a couple things I wanted to add. Um, something I learned in theater. Um, enunciate more than you think you need to. Yeah. You're gonna feel like an idiot. <laughs> But but pronouncing those T's, or when you have an L, I notice you tend to drop L's in a lot of words. Um, thinking about that, just kind of slowing that down and enunciating way more than you think you need to. You feel like an idiot doing it, <laughs> but you can understand every word I'm saying, and it makes you slow down, too. Mm-hmm. So focusing on that, and, and the other thing I thought, I would love to hear the difference if you just read even just a sentence or two. Stand up. Oh God, yes. The difference and in hands reading. out of pockets. Hands Do out of pockets. Don't put your hands in your pockets when you read ever. Whenever I record, when I'm doing aeration, I hold in one hand so I can gesture with my other hand because then I feel like I get more into it. Jawohl, mein kleiner Führer. Or, or. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, would, that would be a terrible moment for somebody to come walking into well, yeah. <laughs> any contact for what was going on. Just I mean, say shower now. They can take pictures of oh, that. Oh, put it up yeah. the internet. I don't, I don't think I'm going to follow that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Some, some choices are, are best left. That, that was something I was going to say as someone who has a writing group with 13 people who argue about what needs to be fixed in your work. You're going to hear a lot of advice and no. take what works. It's up you. to you to take what take it all with a grain of salt. That's right. Let me just compare like one phrase. Fried sausage gripped her arm. Fried sausage gripped her arm. You smiled more. Fried sausage yep. gripped her arm. Something as simple as just standing up if you're nervous or something can it makes you project. It, it makes you think of your posture. It gives you more of an avenue to kind of move if you need to. Yeah, so it's, it's really if, if the microphones are at the table then Yeah, yeah a lot of people do like this. But um, if you're in a small enough room, like a room this size, you don't need a microphone. Take mm-hmm. your chair away from the table oh, so, so that, that they don't. can see your whole body and you sit up like this. Don't push it. Yeah. Also, that I found that like if there's something, if I have a, a line in, in a piece that I'm reading from that I know is funny and I want to make sure the audience gets that, I want them to see my face so that they will know that I'm, you know, <laughs> wink, wink, you know, this is a joke. And, uh, so that that does help also, so not that hiding your good. face. Yeah. Speak louder also. Down by the way, you did a good enough job that I want to buy you a book. Oh, there you go. Hey. I got two questions. Why did you choose that piece? And what do you want us to feel about it after you're done? Well, he wants you to buy the book. Well, let's pull back from the 30,000 foot view. Let's focus on the emotional response you're hoping to gain. Why did Um, you choose this piece? So I chose that piece because it's in the first chapter. So I chose two pieces 
one by uh, Whaley and one by her sister Kyoko because they are the main two characters of the trilogy. Um, Whaley is the protagonist of the first book, um, and her sister Kyoko is the main protagonist of the second book. So I have a piece from each of them. I have the and you picked those. You picked those because why? Um, I guess because. I don't know, I didn't really have a good reason other than the fact that they were the protagonists and this was in the first chapter. Okay, so, so I didn't have a... So, but so, these sections in particular, what is it that you want the audience to know about this character? I want to and know how the character's situation in the okay. book. Okay. And then the second one um, is very, is introducing, it's not a, um, and I, I was conflicted about the second piece. I wanted... My first thought was to do an action scene, because that's what I usually use, action scenes. But I decided to pick um, a scene that was more uh, instructive of the character. So it was kind of offbeat, showing what the character is like. And it's a very strange scene. Okay. But compelling. So in, in both cases, you, you wanted to present to the audience... Uh, the, the protagonists of your story so that they would engage with them emotionally and hopefully buy your book. Um, yeah. that's all, but, but you're buying the book that stays off the table. Um, so with that intent to introduce the protagonists and get your audience to engage with them on an emotional level, uh, using that as your focus, possibly reassess the uh, choices that you're making now that you have a much clearer understanding of what your goal is. What is the most interesting scene for this character? Do you have a, a second uh, a second act twist or a reveal or a complication? That is there a scene that ends with dun 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 in your mind? Um, yes, I think so. Read that one. Not now, but ending on a cliffhanger, a very clear cliffhanger, uh, uh, is a wonderful, because usually there's emotional stakes, something's happening, something's happening, bam, and then plot twist! Yeah. At this point, I absolutely want to buy so, your book. So end with a cliffhanger. End with a cliffhanger, end with a dun dun dun. And with a holy crap, uh, something along those lines, and now you've you've I'm, I'm invested. I want to know how this ends. Um, finding interesting scenes, you know, the the instinct to, to present your cool characters in a cool way is spot on, absolutely perfect. Make sure that you're picking the optimal scene for that. Don't worry about spoilers. Well, okay, maybe worry a little bit about spoilers. But that shouldn't be a primary concern because usually you're giving such a small snippet that there is no context. So I don't know where this is necessarily happening in the book unless you tell me. Uh, you don't need to set this up necessarily. If you can find a bit that doesn't require any, then I don't. you don't need to go through the expedition. Okay, okay so they've done through this, and then they just did a heist here, and this is all this. Nine times out of ten, I'm not listening anyway. So... Dive in and tell me the story. Find that interesting snippet bit. So next time I should uh, read a gunfight. I, I, I would I would love to hear a gunfight. As long yeah, you as want a good balance between illustrating who the character is and action. Some some and even not like you know necessarily a fight. Right. Something that can have a fast pace and, and move. Conflict. 
not necessarily a fight, but conflict right, of right. some kind where people have stakes. <laughs> um, so in some of the other panels, they're talking about how to start off your story and how to you want to start with action and tension and stuff, but you don't necessarily want to start off in a gunfight if you don't know who the characters are and why they're fighting. Who am I shooting for here? Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, so I would assume that also applies to reading? Sure, absolutely. Although I would imagine... The first person that you're introduced to in a reading is the person you're going to care about. So as long as your protagonist has the is the first primary perspective or the first dialogue or whatever, that will we're smart. We'll pick it up. <laughs> All right. So does anybody else have anything they'd like to have workshop? Got our three minutes. Yes, three minutes. It's not going to be three minutes, but I see you. But that's okay. Oh, yes, please. This is a short set of. Haikus that go together. I'm trying to get criticism on how, on my reading, which is why I'm here. So okay, let me get started. You know what? I don't like it here. This planet is just too new. Even the sun sleeps. I don't like this stone. This symbol is unknown. Left to vanish in the sands. I don't like this job. I am alone here, and this colony is just me. I don't like this life. I'm an extrovert, trapped and left here to explore. I don't like this shell. My body is in a cage, trying to be free. I don't like this sound. It's a lack of any noise, only my heart beats. But I like my mind. So very strong and supple. So I shed no tears. Very nice. Right, initial thoughts. Not first last time. But um, a thought. But if no one else has a thought, um, I liked the emotion. I liked the tone. I got that you were angry, and it was it was getting angrier and angrier. But then when you switched to "I like," I actually felt that change in your voice, and so I I like that. <laughs> great, great. Mm-hmm. Reading poetry is a different animal than reading regular fiction. It's got a different yes, it is. flow to it and a, the rise and fall you know, that goes with the, the, with the meter yes. of, of the poem. So it's, yeah, that's not so much my wheelhouse. But. <laughs> hey, learn a new wheelhouse, right? It took you a little bit, I think, to get going. I noticed you really seemed to get into the emotional stuff. Yeah, that's what I was trying to do. Yeah. yeah. I... I... I also liked that transition from the I don't like, I don't like to that final stanza. Um, that's your payoff. Yes. That is that is the reason we listen to all the other things in the large context of the lyric that you're presenting to us. Your posture changed. So, it did? In a good you, way? You kind of stood up a little bit more. I like and your so, chin. So in a good way. So Yes, yeah, so it showed, it showed the benefit of standing up that I've been talking you're about. You're right. Yeah, I felt better standing up. And affirms the, the impact of physicality on a reading. It's not just vocals. It's your whole physical presentation. Uh, and you can, if you apply it consciously, it can be a powerful tool for you. Oh, yes. So... Um, but if there's something you the, can, there's there's things you can do that you don't always think about, and that's why it's good to be criticism. Sure, and also be aware of those impromptu, unconscious things that you weren't planning on doing, but we observe. The energy and in the room. Yeah, that works. 
the um, I'm, I'm trying to decide how or if this is even a criticism. It's okay. Well, no, I want to be as articulate as I can. The um, the cadence of the I don't like, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like. By the, the third or fourth, it started to get, okay, here we go again. <laughs> uh, uh, because it was, I don't like, I don't it was just over, right. over, oh, over right. again. That same. So I could have used a different tone. With a variance, tone. yes, absolutely, yes. Okay. and and identifying what that thing is. I don't like the stone. I don't like this world. I don't like this life. I don't like this job. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Each one of those, while they need to be unified because they are all the don't like, so you're setting up for the payoff, the right. punchline at the end. Each one should feel discreet in your own mind and heart, and by association, then the way they come out. Distinct. There should be in a sense of subtext of, you know, you're telling us why you don't like this, but how do you feel about? Do you dislike it violently? Do you dislike right. it deeply? Someone, do you dislike it? I like this. I hate this more than I hate this, etc. Yeah, and and. There are, there's discomfort, there's pain, there's rage, there's loathing. Getting up, getting more subtle, upset. Subtle shades. Getting more upset. Or what about Conceivably, that? sure. Yeah, okay. I mean, there, there are levels to explore. Um, I, I think you've unified them in the context of, because of the meter, they're already all joined together. Now I think your challenge is to identify the discrete emotional flavors of each one and then, yeah, taking a beat, just, I, and then I would recommend dropping. I like really? this. Really? You would recommend dropping it? I, I would. I, really? I would. You can still keep the posture I like. Just because because everything has been, and then there's, but I like this. But so, I, so, so, I, so I go back down to but normal. But it's, it's a whisper into a lover's ear. I like this. Forward. Exactly. Ah, exactly. Lean forward. I like. I like this. this. <laughs> exactly. Or even if you know, and again, you decide it's your piece, but there's a redemptive quality to that. It's like I've just listed all the reasons that I am enraged and hate all of this stuff, but that line, that last sentence, <laughs> redeems everything else. Especially so hitting it as hard and making it the same as all of that, I think, counteracts the redemptive capabilities of that line. Especially since what she's saying is, I like my mind. Yes. It's introspective. It's it's internal. So, right. yeah, that, yeah, that's a good point. So, I and, and again, I'm big into contrasts. <laughs> contrasts no. in vocals. Yeah, what a shock. Um, <laughs> contrasts in vocals are a powerful tool. You can't use them a lot, otherwise people go, oh, another contrast, great. But if you use them and pick your points for them, they can be incredibly dramatic. Like I just did, just there. I noticed that. Did you catch that? I caught that. Did I'm I? Leaning uh, forward. I yeah, I know, right? What did you say? See? Speak up. <laughs> did I? Did I? Did I enunciate properly and uh, project properly? Yeah. Heard mm-hmm. mm-hmm. another Vol- yeah. volume was great. Great. Do we have more thoughts? All right. Well, we've only got about five-ish minutes left. Does anybody want any questions? Any more? I actually need to go. <laughs> okay, Dave. All right. Special I've got to treatment. set up a computer. All right. Sorry. Let's see how it is. Jeez, you have to set up.
You could have just gotten up and left and say, sorry, see ya. Bye. One of the techniques that I heard in a drama team I was part of is to think about strawberry keywords. Like, if you don't know the word strawberry, but someone says strawberry... You think it's like, like, oh, whatever that is, I want it. Yeah, yeah and, exactly. and then they say it's like kiwi. It's like, yeah. I don't want one of those, you know. And so when you're They're going wrong. through your words, like, I'm allergic. You, really? <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, I, I mean, what? strawberry and kiwi. Really? <laughs> I mean, so you know, that's just one of the things. Like, what are your strawberry kiwi words in your in your script? And then you put over it so that you know to stop that word and put that emotion on that word of. Like I like this, or I hate this. Yeah. So maybe even if your audience doesn't have context for the scene you're reading as much, those kinds of emphases, emphases, sorry, could help that. Is what I'm taking from what you're saying. Yeah. Um, also, I have a book party tonight. So <laughs> if you're free, I have a game called Bring Your Own Book, um, where we read from books. But we find funny things. It's like apples to apples. It's like so. It can be anything from the book that you want to, or does it have to be funny? It, no, it, it, it's basically you're given a topic like, oh, this would be used as a headline for oh, okay. a murder mystery, and you just like you go Scan through whatever through book. book you have, oh, okay. and you, there's a time limit. But if I have enough people, I will play it, and if I don't have enough people, I'll be sad. Well, oh. if people want to come and hear me read today, I'm reading <laughs> at two. Um, so. I think I think the other two authors I'll be reading with are um, like hard sci-fi guys, but I'll be reading from space opera. <laughs> what space opera? Which room is that? Um, it's, I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. Readings, let's see. At, in the St. George room. Oh, you so, write it down on there. You, That's great. Yeah. To write it down the so oh, they, oh, oh I thought she actually decided oh, to write it. I'm yeah. sorry. Okay, so for, for my two who got workshop today, what do you feel like is the best takeaway from this? Um, that I that I learned things and <laughs> <laughs> that, I, that I actually learned things and got good criticism. There we go. To prepare ahead of time and to <laughs> practice, practice, practice. Yeah, I, was, yes. I was up until 12.30 last night uh, practicing my reading for today. So. And she's <laughs> experienced, so level of experience does not matter. And it's you're not, my own work, so it's up, but I need to So if you're not prepared, oh, it doesn't matter how good yeah, you are. And the other thing is, I can still practice this even if it's not that long, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can never practice too much. One of the that, that things was my about reading your own work is, like, for me, going back to my first book, I'll pick a reading and like, oh, my gosh, I forgot how awesome this is. <laughs> People, I think, love that. people who don't write think that we have our work memorized. Oh, no. I have like, oh, like, this page this for this draft. I remember doing a doing a, a, a backstage a backstage reading and somebody oh, thank you. my script. That's why we come to these things. And they said, Well, don't you just have it memorized? You wrote it. I'm like, Are you kidding? Do you know how much I've written? Do you know how many words I write in a year? Well, thank you so much for coming, guys. Um for my panelists who are left, where can we find you? I um, I will be at my party later. Uh, where my, is it? Uh, the twelfth floor in the club. Wow, lounge. the top floor. Top yeah, floor. Welcome. And um, and I have a prize wheel. You can win tons of science facts. Give yeah, an author website that we can um, find. The you website. Not at the website <laughs> is written on the invitation. Which so I have. Um, does anybody want to go?
So, yeah, I do have yeah, a Malibu website. One. You can find me on Facebook, and you can find me giving a science talk on Monday. So if you're interested in hearing about weather satellites, that's where you're allowed to ask hard questions. And I know Dave Robinson finding at the archivos.com, is it? But Archivos, he's also got Roundtable. And Roundtable, so that's where we can find him. Uh, Starla, where can we find you online? Uh, StarlaHodgson.com, and that's got all my stuff, whether it's the author stuff, the narration stuff. I also do book covers. So. Woo! Awesome book covers. I don't even say my name out loud or I confuse people. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thank you so much, guys. Thank Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you you for listening to the Melting Podcast. You can check out our website with submission guidelines and current prompts at themeltingpodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Melting Podcast. Or you can email us. The Melting Podcast at gmail.com. The Melting Podcast is released under a Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means you're free to copy it and share it as long as you don't change it, don't sell it, and always link back to the website. Sound effects are by the Free Sound Project. And our theme is by Drew Rich Creek. Send us stuff.